0: well welcome glad to have each of you here tonight and and uh, celebrating with us and sharing this time um, as I was mentioning we we're just excited that so many of our young uh, men and women have graduated high school this weekend and I know there were a number that we we got to celebrate with on Friday from Lindsay Thurber and and um, and some other places so we're We've spent a lot of time, and you have too, with other people and celebrated. And I think <laughs> if you remember those days, you get exhausted. And uh, sometimes it's hard to get out on Sunday evening for, for church even. So, but we're glad to be together and that we can celebrate and uh, share God's word and uh, pray together and all of that. So welcome, each one of you, tonight. Uh, our call to worship... Is in Psalm 30. And so, as usual, I'll read the, um, the one part and you respond with the, the brighter part. From Psalm 30, I will exalt you, Lord. Lord, my God, I call to you for help. And and he he you, Lord, brought me up from the realm of the dead. And
1: Going
0: down to the Sing praises of the Lord, you, his faithful people. His for his anger lasts only a moment. Weeping may stay for the night. But comes in the morning. When I felt secure, I said, I will never be Lord, when you favored me, you
1: made my royal stand
0: firm. But when you hid your face, to you lord i called to the lord, I for mercy. what is gained if i'm silenced
1: if i go down to the pit,
0: will the dust praise you will it proclaim your faithfulness? hear lord and be merciful to me lord, you, you turn my wailing into dancing That my heart may sing your praises and not be silent. Lord, thank you, my God, and I praise you forever. Let us pray, and then we'll sing about forever. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for for allowing us to be together tonight. Thank you for bringing summer our way all across uh, Western Canada and so many other places. We can enjoy this this uh, heat wave. We pray for those who are. Um, in, in difficult situations or compromised in their health and, and that, Lord, give, give attention to them. Help us to see and others like us to, to uh, take note of those who may need a cup of cold water in the name of the Lord during this time. Bless, bless us as we gather and worship and we thank you that we can do just that. In your precious name, amen. I'd invite you to stand as you're able and uh, sing together. Give thanks to the Lord, my, our God and King. Give thanks to the Lord. Our so worthy of all our praise and and honor and lord who are we just simple creatures who lift our voices and our hearts and in praise our words to you and and you are so worthy for you are the creator of all you're the one who saw us in our need and, and saved us you're you're the one who meets us in all of our circumstances and and brings us through, and we give you thanks, O oh Lord. We give you great thanks, and we celebrate. Amen. Okay, another older song. <laughs> we had uh, got on this 1980s kick or something, I don't know. But uh, maybe it was, I could say it was the heat. It had to be. It. But anyway, celebrate Jesus. Amen. Celebrate,
2: Jesus, celebrate.
0: you that um, have joined us tonight uh, what we try to do is is have a missions moment um, and just our our church body has a number of missions happening in Africa and in Asia and so um, whether uh, everything from building wells to to uh, building schools and and sharing Jesus in that way and uh, last week it was funny <laughs> we uh, we hadn't noticed how long it was so it it actually was about 20 minutes long and so it took the place of my sermon so this one doesn't I don't think it's quite that long <laughs> you're stuck with me a little bit later but pay pay attention here to um, some of the things that God is doing through individuals and groups in uh, different
3: part of the world If there were any parables of white people coming with like a talking book for instance, that's been completely bulldozed by Islam. Islam homogenizes culture. Islam takes what's particular to every people and tries to minimize it, if not get rid of it, so that everybody looks the same and does the same thing, namely the Muslim thing.
4: A Muslim's chief aim with their religion is just to be good in front of Allah.
3: They feel that they have to do certain things, live a certain way, to try to get God's
5: favor. <laughs> and they do tomorrow.
3: But even if all their religious deeds do outweigh their bad deeds, it's still up to God to decide whether they're good enough to get into heaven. They
5: still have no assurance that it will make a difference in the end.
3: They keep what's called the five pillars and the five religious rules of Islam. A good Muslim, first of all, adheres to the creed, there is no other God but God, and Muhammad is his prophet.
5: This creed, the Shahada, is the first of the five pillars the second pillar is prayer, which happens five times a day, each preceded by a ritual washing. Ha ududa, mishi to kasi sone anak to kasi hujanak to kasi lidena. Waktu hineh da to suba pi kashima. Kan bih kajono da waiga to suba pi mukra. Kan hine kan kamal da to suba pi rasanak ke. Botan tebeleke. Da wara ada dalas <laughs> to kasi rigi da ududa da kamal.
4: And then they'll take their mats
3: and they'll lay them out, and they always face east, towards Mecca. They bow down to the ground, touch their forehead on the ground. A good Muslim has a little callus right here. They stand up, they lift up their hands, they all say the same words, they're all doing it at the same time. The prayers are done publicly, they're done as a group. In fact, it's more meritorious before God, the bigger group you prayed with. And they do this prayer routine five times a day. It definitely brings them
4: together as a community, especially the men, since it's the men who are doing the prayers. And so if you're not there, you're not part of a community.
5: The third pillar is zakat, the giving of alms. The fourth pillar of Islam is fasting, which
4: means during the time of Ramadan, they can't eat or drink anything during the entire daytime. That's during hot season too, and so it's 110, 115 and they're just suffering. They don't drink water, so it's very difficult. At night they'll have a feast and they'll break their fast. Fasting for them is a time of suffering, a time of penitence for the past year's sins. That's what they hope will happen.
5: One of the pillars of Islam is Hajj, and that is to go to Mecca. That's an almost impossible one for most, and they know they won't be able to
4: do it. My hope is that they would see the freedom of the Gospel, and that they could have the freedom of knowing that we are forgiven of our sins, that we don't have to feel this weight and burden of the sins, and that they can just be freed from that and know Christ is their savior.
5: Thank you for your partnership in the mission to unreached Muslim people groups in Chad.
0: Just helpful in getting to know our neighbors, our friends around us here in, in Red Deer and other places and uh, why, the, why certain things are done and how we can, can come alongside and, and be friends in these times. So why don't we have a word of prayer as, uh, as we think of this. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for the friends and neighbors we have who, who do um, follow the Islamic religion. Lord, we pray that we could be good neighbors, neighbors who love and care for those around us, neighbors who come alongside and hear the stories of, of struggle, and neighbors who, who are willing to uh, share words of hope and, and words of assurance that we have come to know and, and uh, trust in and, and experience through, through the gospel, the good news of Jesus. So, Heavenly Father, thank you. Thank you for all, the, all of our neighbors and how so often we experience their, their hospitality in many ways. And, and we do pray tonight that uh, even as we go into this very hot week, that, Lord, you would give us opportunity to give that cup of cold water to neighbors and friends in the name of the Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, our gospel reading, you'll see it up there, and I'll be reading it off the screen there, is from Mark chapter 4, beginning at verse 35. Mark chapter 4, beginning at verse 35, if you have your, your Bible. And this is what we'll be, be speaking on tonight. That day, when evening came, he said to his disciples, let us go over to the other side. Leaving the crowd behind, they took him along just as he was in the boat. There were also other boats with him, Why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? They were terrified and asked each other, Who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. What boat are you in? What boat are you in? There are many different sort of uh, ways that we could look at these scriptures and and, uh, apply them to our lives, but kind of took this one. This is the season. Do you like fishing? boating, you like those things to get out. I had the privilege just at the uh, beginning of the week to go with four other dads, kind of around my age, and we went canoeing uh, with our sons, just west of Edmonton, from Drayton Valley almost, down to, to Devon almost. <laughs> I say that because it was contained within that. We got out near a, a family farm. But it was good. It was good. It was hot. And uh, but it was rich to spend a day just paddling paddling along and moving moving along and it was a beautiful scenic area there and, um, and to do that with my son and then the, and the next day I, we kind of switched around and I, I shared it with another, another dad and got to hear, hear his stories and things like that what rich times summer brings especially in the area of Water sports or boating? Maybe some of you go. No, it's not for me. I'm too. Mu- I grew up on the prairies, <laughs> and I don't do water. That's what I grew up with, and I'm not really super from, uh, comfortable in or over the water. And I thank thank my parents for that. You know, when you grow up, and and uh, uh, <laughs> to keep you away from the stock pond, they told you that the hogo pogo. Was living in there, and you were young enough that you didn't know that it only lives in the Okanagan Lake. No, it was just to keep us safe and away from, from anything there on a big farm. So, well, you know we can focus on a lot of things, but let's go back to the the whole idea of fishing and boating. Did you know that through the years um, the Christian Church was connected to the image of a boat? Um, in some older church buildings, you 'll see a beautiful model ship hanging either out in the entryway or in the sanctuary hanging there. some cases it 's because um, there were many fishermen in the in the congregation and they were near the, living near the coast and they when they were at sea uh, during a storm or something, they promised the Lord that if they were saved from the from the um, storm that they would come back and build uh, something that way. And so you see these these wonderful images that are there. Then sometimes um, you can see it just locally here. And I think of down south here by Dixon. Dixon is a little town uh, over there. A lot of Danes live there. Uh, it's a settlement near Spruceview. And uh, there's a church there called King of Kings. And If you go inside the front where the cross is and so forth, it's the woodwork is just like you've turned a boat upside down, and you, it's there. It's just like you're inside of a boat, a great ship. And many had come from that type of lifestyle, and so they wanted, and that type of maybe the expression, expression in a church, and so they did it that way. You know, when you think of a body of believers, the church. As, it, as the scripture speaks about it, what type of boat are you thinking? What kind of goes through your mind? Well, there are different types of boats. Are you thinking of a riverboat? You know, there you go. Oh, you got my message. Great. Um, those river boats that go down the Danube, you know, or the, down the Rhine, we've never had the chance to do anything like that, but wow those type that sail on the European rivers. They're like a floating hotel with fine dining, the best of wine, and quiet, tranquil rivers that reflect the sunset. So is the church like that type of river ship with spacious staterooms, a balcony that stretches out over the smooth water, and the finest food prepared by or for sophisticated people? Is that what you think of as a the church is a boat? Well, for me, not quite. <laughs> I wish, but the scriptures don't teach that God's church is a luxury boat that only travels in the smooth waters of life. Maybe when you think of the church, is it more like this the Caribbean <laughs> cruise ship? Maybe that's your image of the church. You've been part of a really large congregation and one of those ships, you know, that travel off the coast of Florida, Jamaica, Haiti, or Dominican Republic, or even out at um, Hawaii and go from island to island around there. These large boats are one big party with live music, stage shows, water slides, pools, and even rock climbing walls. So is the church a cruise ship that bounces on the waves of life? to loud music or, you know, just fun music and fabulous buffet meals. I wish. <laughs> I wish. Richard will get me lined up with a, uh, one of those one day, right? All you can eat, those type of things, while people dismiss the cares of life and drink pina coladas. <laughs> As you go, whatever it might be. Well, not quite. The church is not a party boat that bounces on the waves of life. Maybe your image of the church as a ship is like this, the battleship. You know, that solid iron vessel with big guns, defending the seas from pirates or threatening enemies. Those boats are armored warships on the ocean, indestructible, We might think, commanding and powerful. So is the church, the body of believers, is it a warship for the always strong and always courageous? It always conquers any threat that gets in its way? Well, not quite that either. The church is not a powerful ironclad boat that cuts through the fierce waves of life. At times, it seems the church is a bit of each. Sometimes it's, it is about joining together in prayer and doing battle for the for people around us, that they would come to know the Savior, that they would come to know healing, perhaps, when they've been struggling with something, the addictions of, of people that walk right outside our, our, our doors here, and the uh, many that we know and are struggling, and you see their pain. And sometimes it could be like that cruise, and you might call it the fellowship, right? when all is well and we encourage each other, when we get together and it's, it's really good to be together. Instead of that though, most times the church, God's people gathered together is like a, a boat the disciples were most familiar with back in that first century. Like a, um, it was made of pine or oak. <laughs> there you go. Um, a boat that was not steel. It measured about seven feet across and, and about 27 feet long on average, seating, if possible, around 15 people. It was that first century fishing boat. This wouldn't, I think there's, that looks like it's steel, that one a bit, but there, <laughs> there they are in the middle of the storm. No roof, no snack bar always needing to be repaired and retarded. Our son took a, a course when he, was, he took a semester in Norway in outdoor education and he did a coastal course where he learned how to um, cook meals off the things you'd catch on the coast and, and uh, the appreciation for all that the coast means and to care for it and uh, take care of the, the wildlife and, and the, any pollution and stuff to be aware of that. But then one of the things was to to go in, it would be like an old Viking ship, but a smaller size, and then go out into the North Sea, just just into the bay off the the shore, and then submerge it. They had to sink it, and it wouldn't sink. It would just be filled with water and just be there. And then what they had to learn to do is flip it over, you know, with just a couple or four people, flip it over, and then the mast could be removed. And they had learned how to do that, you know, going under and pulling it down and loosening it and then flipping it over, bailing all the water out and putting the mast back in it and then getting to shore and then tarring it up all over again, you know, so that it would be waterproof and all of that. What an amazing experience. I don't know when he'll use it here. <laughs> but it's an experience as he gained appreciation for the past and the history of that area. It's the image we're given to consider, a scrappy wooden fishing boat in the rough sea of the world with the blowing winds of the enemy, Satan. What this means is that you and I, the church, God's people, are not on a voyage of luxury Partying and power. But rather, the church is like a fishing boat. It's, it's meant to work. It's meant to carry the good news to others and, and invite them or bring them in as, as fishers do to the fish around them. And it's often overwhelmed with dangerous waves, winds, and stony cliffs. It means that when you belong to the church, you will face the threats of wind and waves. Indeed, the devil hisses at the church. The devil hates what Jesus has done, hates what Jesus has made and created, and he blows harsh winds and rains upon you and into the boat. That's the temptations, the lies, the criticisms, the half-truths that make up the storm that seek to submerge and sink the ship. And the world slams against us, against you and me, with philosophies and ideas, much like the violent waves that slam against the boat, causing leaks, tossing it back and forth. But that's not the kind of boat we like, is it? We don't want the church, our, our gathering, to be a scrappy little fishing boat on the stormy sea. No, we... If we're honest, we'd rather be on a luxury ship, wouldn't we? We'd rather be on a river cruise where everything is nice and safe, or we'd rather be in a battleship. There are problems with the ideas of the big powerful ships. You know, first, most of us, many of us are are not considered <laughs> the the brightest and best of society. Not many of us are influential, not many of us are high society families, but instead, God has a way of deliberately choosing men and women and boys and girls that our culture overlooks, to be his church. People like his disciples, fishermen, tax collectors, working at a job that people did not appreciate. All of those things and the like. And in reality, It's not about being luxurious enough, making it easy and being cool enough or strong enough to take on anything. But it's a scrappy fishing boat. That's what we're about. But even though the church is at war with the devil, the world, and our own sinful nature, we're not indestructible or immovable battleship on our own. No, we dare not cry out and say... Look at me, I've got it all together. I've got, follow my example because I'm perfect. (laughs) No, no. The more I live life, I discover that we are a broken people. And we have a wonderful message to share because there's a wonderful Savior who is Jesus, my Lord. Now, secondly, the world is not often a peaceful river or there's not gentle waves on the ocean. I don't have to tell you this, but life is tough. It really is. It really, really is. And the devil is ruthless. Anyone trying to convince us that it's a breeze or that being a Christian, it's just simple and happy all the time, they're not being honest. Sure, some, sometimes our churches try to operate like a cruise ship, the biggest and best, or, or we're a battleship with guns ablazing, and sometimes that's appropriate, but those aren't the, the biblical mandates. Too often, churches can, and you've seen it, they implode. If they think too highly of themselves, or, our own lives can do that, businesses can do that, and we lose sight of both our enemy and our mission what we're called to be about. And finally, the, the reason we don't want the church to be a fishing boat as compared to those other vessels is we're afraid. Sometimes we are simply exactly like those disciples. We have little faith and we want it to be something that we don't have to think about or don't have to work at. I had the chance to be together with a young couple who are getting married in a few weeks. and, and Something, that we, when we ended our time together yesterday, they, they said, you know, being married is going to take work. <laughs> I'm glad you figured that out now. It is a, the most wonderful, but it does take work. Oh, it's easy to see the huge crashing waves of the world coming upon us and it's easy to be afraid of the hissing winds of the devil and it's easy to look at the scrappy fishing boat that the church and many are just small you know with its leaks and weathered wood and imagine it breaking into a million splinters any moment. As Christians in Christ church we're placed in this world among you might say enemies, those who don't understand and and yet our longing for the very thing that we have experienced, and and then we become afraid. Jesus confronts our fear, as he did, did to the disciples, and he says, why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? Well, I've, I've got good news for you, and I've got good news for me. I'm so glad that every time I share good news and all things like this, it's pointing back at me as well. It's not about the wind and the waves, it's not about the boat. It really matters who's in the boat with us. What boat are we in? Are we in the Lord's boat and he's in there with us or are we in something of our own making? The disciples, you know, the waves were coming and you know crashing in upon their little boat and they said, "Don't you care if we drown?" Did you catch it? Did you catch it there? Jesus was sleeping in the back of the boat on a cushion. Did you ever wonder, if you've read that before, did you ever wonder about that? What fisherman would take a cushion along? First of all, you kind of go, what's this about? And then you wonder too, how could Jesus sleep if the boat is churning Well, with Jesus in the boat, that boat would not, could not sink because Jesus was in it with them. He is Lord over wind and sea. Jesus slept because they were absolutely, the wind and waves were no threat to him in that time. Oh, I got to say, there are times when our little churches that struggle against things, times the Lord brings us to shore and says, it's time to retire this boat. And so our little church is closed sometimes. But not because of the wind and waves. Because of our Lord's timing in it all, right? And we don't know why, why and wherefore, but he just calls us to be faithful when we're there. But literally, when he woke up and he rebuked the storm, he muzzled the wind and the waves. That's the word... In the original language, when he said, "Peace be still," it really could have been said, "Oh, put on your muzzle and keep that muzzle on." That's exactly. Put on the muzzle on a barking dog, and you're not going to bark anymore. He is the Lord. With a simple word, the sea obeyed and was quiet. So when we face trials and temptations, trouble in all its senses, in all senses of the world. Word and it feels like the storm of life rages all around. Remember what Jesus said in Matthew. He said, I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against me. When he puts us on the sea, and when, he is, when we are in his boat, when he is with us there, the gates of hell will not prevail. In these words of a friend from, he's a pastor in Minot, North Dakota. He, it says it well, I think. He said, let the waves rage and the stormy winds blow, for in the scrappy boat of the church, I have Christ and Christ has me. And Jesus Christ is Lord of all. If he is quiet in the storm, as if he's asleep, I shall rest with him and not fear. If he rises to rebuke the storm, I will nod my head with delight and assurance, knowing that he is Lord of all. So while people chase luxury ships and party boats and battleships, hoping to find all forms of glory and fun by faith, I believe we'll stay in the scrappy little fishing boat with Christ, marked by his cross, blessed by God the Father, empowered by God the Holy Spirit. And together in the fishing boat, whether you call it the river that's in Red Deer or another church that you're part of or have uh, have back home, we will lift high the name of Jesus in that fishing boat together. Let's pray. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for for placing us in your boat, that you saw fit that that we could be brought, whether it was at a young age or or as a child or a a teen or an older person coming to to know you and, and have faith in you to believe your promises and to see you as Lord of all and putting our lives in your hands. And you said, come, join me in the boat and let's make you a fisher, a fisher of others to bring them into the boat too. Lord, forgive me for being afraid in the midst of of the stormy seas. When things are tough and and, uh, working with other people and individuals, there are, we just see the pain and the struggles that people go through and we, we, we don't know all the answers and we, we struggle. Or, or maybe it's been during this COVID time and, and our, our business, our work has really, really struggled or we've had to, to shut it down or we've had to move into a different place. And, or maybe it's been illness and we've, we've faced it and, and it's been so, such a tough struggle. Thank you. Thank you that you've never left our side, that you've never left the boat, and that you are with us as much today as you were in January or or last summer when the first waves of this um, COVID-19 season were upon us. Or maybe something in, in our homes and in families and in marriages and in uh, relationships or in in many other ways thank you that you are with us that you are truly Emmanuel God with us and that we need not fear and that at times you do call us to to be part of the, the battleship of prayer and 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 entering dangerous waters with the with the good news of Christ. And there are other times when we are, we are having such fun and such joy together, and it's just a wonderful blessing to be together. It's like being on a, a wonderful cruise. But Lord, for most of life, truly, thank you that you are with us in our own homes, in our own places, in our own families, in our own little ships, a scrappy little fishing vessel. Thank you that you are Lord of all. And at times you answer prayer in that supernatural, powerful way and the waves and wind just stop. And there are other times when we face those struggles and you call us to paddle hard and just trust that you have it under your control. Thank you, Jesus, for every blessing. Amen. There was, a, there was a wealthy businessman, and you probably know this story, who, um, it was maybe 100 years ago or something like that, and he, his family needed to go back to Europe, and so he had to finish up some business in the United States, and so his family went ahead of him and their ship sank in the Atlantic. Oh, it tore his heart heart out to have that news reach him. So he went and he was going to take care of affairs in, in Europe and he went and then all of a sudden the captain called him to come to the edge of the ship and, and said, this is the basic area where your family went down with that ship and died. And as a Christian man, Horatio Spafford, we can read it right there, he wrote this hymn, It Is Well With My Soul, when he had lost his family. I think maybe one daughter or someone was with him still, but he lost his wife and others. And he could say that no matter what, no matter what the storm was, because Jesus had never left his side. And we don't know the reasons why things happen the way they do, but he wrote this hymn. And so let's sing it together. I'd invite you to stand. the blessing, the benediction of the Lord. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. No, next Sunday we won't have, have service here. It's kind of the holiday weekend and uh, um, we uh, we thought best that way after all this heat wave. But Our young uh, brother in the Lord, Sheku Sise, he will be baptized next Sunday out at um, a Baptist camp at River's Edge camp just west of um, Bowdoin. So if anyone wants to come to that, we'll pass the word around and we'll go to that. Let's sing together. thanks to the
2: lord our god and king his love endures forever for he is good he is above all things his love endures forever sing praise sing praise with a
0: mighty hand with a mighty hand an outstretched arm his
2: love endures forever for the life that's been reborn his love endures forever sing praise From the rising to the setting sun, His love endures forever. And by the grace of God, we will carry on. His love endures forever. Sing praise. Forever, forever, forever,
0: forever. Go in peace and serve the Lord. Thanks be to God, hallelujah, amen. Hi, thank you so much for joining us. To worship with the river if you'd like to join us in person next week we'd love to have you come be part of that Uh, and if you have any special concerns just feel free to email me at herald at reddeerriver.ca thank you so much and we look forward to meeting you in person